Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast bonus episode, talking the Snyder Cut. I'm Brian. This is Daryl. Daryl was obviously taking a drink when I threw it to him. I apologize. Uh, yes, I think you planned that perfectly. I, I, you know, I did without having to see you <laughs> from miles away. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get Daryl to drink a drink a drink and then throw it to him. <laughs> Are you a di- digital age Superman like Cyborg and just hacked into my um, computer? I'm, I'm more like me? Superman where I'm just listening to you from from far away. And like, you know, I'm just di- <laughs> I'm dialed into your frequency to make because I want to make sure you're safe, buddy. I, I do. I want to like if something's happening, I want to be there in an instant to like get the shaky kid away from you before anything <laughs> bad happens. Yeah, I don't have the you know the the emergency be, uh, emergency response button. So um, you do. Um, it's just um, what I did was I had it injected to the meaty part of your butt, and when you uh, your heart rate really goes up when you're not at the gym, then I know something's going on. <laughs> I don't know if I'm uh, that if that's touching or quite disturbing. <laughs> so I've told Haley for years that she has a GPS tracker in the meaty putter of her butt. <laughs> she gets so mad. Anyway, um, speaking of GPS trackers, this movie really needed a GPS tracker. In what way? Oh, oh hold on. It was just like, you know, uh, it, it's kind of all over the place for a movie that's four years old, um, to be honest. And I, you and I have very different takes on this, which is great. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm actually really yeah. looking forward to this because, like, here's the thing. I'm over the moon that you love this movie. I, and I'm actually surprised that I loved it as much as I did, to I, be honest. I, I'm, I'm like, like I, I've had a really hard time the last couple of days being out in public and people talking about the Snyder Cut and not just shitting all over it to, to like, ruin their uh, – their, norminess about it like i feel very much like eric july with all of this right now um yeah i i just uh i don't know man i so i told you i went back and re-listened to our original not your and my but the podcast's original justice league um review mm-hmm. and it definitely had a recency bias to it because we recorded it like the next day after seeing it and I I remember I like I was much kinder to it than I've been. Um, and I, I had said, like, I really enjoyed this. We got to go for free. I took you, actually. And um, yeah, I'm definitely going to go and pay to see this. You know what I never did? I never paid <laughs> to see it. Like, see it. I, I, I did not watch it again until um, it showed up on HBO now. And it had the leaving this month. <laughs> So like it had gone through its whole run and it was like the last day of the month that it was leaving. It's like, you know what? I'm going to revisit this and and see like how I really feel about it because like I did, I like, I enjoyed it in the moment for what it was, but like, I still was critical of it. Um, but then I rewatched it and I'm like, Oh my God, what was I thinking? Like what, what movie did I watch? Um, did I just have like justice league colored glasses on? Like, I, I don't, I don't know what was happening there. And I'm 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 kind of in the same boat with that. It it reminded me of my, also my opinion on Suicide Squad, Last Jedi, X Three, The Last Stand, where I saw it, and it's not that I thought they were great movies or anything, 
but I was like, oh, they were decent, you know. And the it, the the further I got away from it, or in some cases, for example, Suicide Squad and Last Jedi, I saw again at the theater. It, my opinion of it, it continued to go down, and it was the same with uh, the original Justice League, yeah. the Justice League. Yeah, the, where, I love that the Justice League. Like, where I did great differentiator. I didn't. I honestly didn't watch it again. Now I watch bits and pieces here. Like the monument scene is still, mm-hmm. it was still great. And again, funny enough, it was a Zack Snyder scene, but I watched scenes here and there because there were some, some stuff I liked about it, but overall I just, as I thought about it and then I actually watched it again last week. Yeah. I was like, man, this movie is, is bad. It's, it's bad. Yeah. And I didn't realize how bad it was until I saw what jo- what Zack Snyder did with mm-hmm. his car- Grant Albet. Yes, I know. I understand. It was four hours, which it should have been three hours and twenty minutes. Uh, it could it have been under. Four three, hours it long. easily could have been under three hours. No, I, I honestly don't think so. I do. No way. I, I do. No way. No. Um, That's like saying Avengers Endgame. Could no, have no, been no. They could have three sped hours. up. They could have sped up some of the the slow the the uh, aggressively yeah. gratuitous slow motion. To, yeah. to get some things and done. That faster. that was that was one that was one of the things that one of some of the there were scenes that were perfectly done with the slow motion, but then there yeah. were other scenes where I thought like, okay, you know, Gratuitous. we don't have to do this for thirty Gratuitous. seconds. Yes. Um, so <laughs> that's that's one of the things I we will definitely agree yeah. on. But so I, I will overall, I will say um, there are things about this I really really did like, uh, and we'll get to that. It I, I will tell you it's all in the last. 70 minutes of the movie um i don't think that surprises you but uh i will say with the first justice league right um there was just some there, there was just a lack of understanding of the of the characters and the the world that had been built with these characters um in the snyder cut there is a lack of understanding of these characters and what has come since the justice league came out um, a lot of things they like changed some things about Mira. They changed some things about Aquaman that like are not a part of the Aquaman movie. Which so it's like it leaves me questioning what is canon now. Um, I, I I I think the interesting thing is uh, James Wan, right, is the director of Aquaman. He did the Aquaman scenes. <laughs> then, he did at least in the just in the in the Justice League version. Oh, um, okay. But he did he did that that scene with Mira and and um. Arthur, where, you know, they're in the air bubble. Um, you know, so, you know, there's that. But I, I think I, I think I just, like, uh, oh, well, one thing. To your your, your point about uh, X3, I was, I was not coming out of that movie a fan of it because of what happened to Cyclops. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, like, that is true. I was, I, was, I was ready to walk out when that visor hit the ground. <laughs> like, literally, I was like, I'm out. This is this is fracking dumb um <laughs> anyway all right so my initial thought of the snyder cut is get the fuck out of here with the four by three aspect ratio and especially the especially the uh the message before that said to to keep the uh whatever the creative vision of Zack snyder um creative vision is not in four by three aspect ratio just saying you know it's funny about that because for the first two minutes, it really bugged me, and then I completely forgot about it. It bothered me the entire I, I don't, movie. Yeah, see that 
I thought it was when I when, again when it when I first saw it, I'm like this is gonna this is really gonna take away from this movie for me and it didn't which well, yeah. I one I, look it didn't bother me at all but I don't know why yeah he did that way I don't know. I, I I honestly don't I don't think it it wasn't necessary to me but again that I I can that it reminds me in a way of Spider Man into the Spider Verse and I I've read this online that a lot of people t- couldn't enjoy it because of the way the animation was cut and all this stuff and the same thing happened to me the first five minutes of that movie mm-hmm. I was like okay I don't know if I'm gonna like this and then I completely forgot about it so and like I guess you know I my senses got used to what I was seeing and it didn't bother me so after watching it straight through the very first time right it, it bothered mm-hmm. me watching it in in you know 45 to an hour and 15 minute chunks the second time it bothered me the whole time plus i had mm-hmm. to swap tvs today because <laughs> my the the whole bottom third of my tv decided it didn't want to be in color anymore it was just black so that okay, was fun. that's uh, so I mean, it was, rude. I guess it's like a known, <laughs> like, do, so if you're out there, don't buy TCL TVs, plain and simple. Uh, oh, that's a known I, issue? I hated the TV since I got it. Apparently it was a known issue, uh, or it is a known issue now, um, for my, the year and, and specifically the 55 inch one. And, uh, yeah, so I actually bought a much nicer TV this time and much nicer than I intended to buy, but, uh, it's a Samsung and the picture is glorious um what size is it the 55 same so oh man what? that sounds good i mean it's just like that just I, like so that good. that spot i have on the wall it's like perfect like i i could yeah. i could go a little bit bigger but i don't want to um so anyway but yeah so the four by three really really bothered me um the scream to start the movie like anything you can do to make me forget about batman versus superman you should do <laughs> And, and watching that scream, the scream literally heard round the world. Uh, there had to be a better way to handle handle Superman's death. Um, you know, I think during the scream, the only good thing that came about that was they added the Lex and Steppenwolf scene uh, without audio, obviously, um, to get some context for some dialogue later on in the movie and for kind of what was happening with the mother boxes and the Kryptonian ship. Uh, yeah, and then I, I and, guess and, the oh sorry the last thing about the scream is how long did that scream take to get the Themyscira? Because it seemed like the scream got there, it woke up, and then they were fighting. Yeah, so it's not that the scream well of, of the scream itself. Let's go with that. That was one of those artistic. Uh, oh, by the you, way, spoilers. <laughs> oh yeah, a veritable uh, array of spoilers. I was wondering when we saw the trailer what that meant, and I it, it makes sense for what he did with the mother boxes and you know why they decided to wake up right. later on and all that stuff. But <laughs> again, I, I loved how the scene was played out. It was almost played out like a like one of those three D murals how you went around you know mm-hmm. Superman and, and Doomsday. I really liked that. Like the stream itself was fine. You know, I take it or leave it. I, it was important based on the mother boxes, but as far as the time lapse of when the mother boxes, you know, hey, Superman is dead, this Kryptonian's dead, versus yeah. when um, Steppenwolf got the call or what have you. That's the and that's one of the things they don't do. 
And I think they did that. And it's a, a lot of movies do that when with time. They don't mm-hmm. tell you yep. how and, and that's sometimes to you know, to save their asses in, in right. the sense of, hey, this Well like took, Chris you know, Nolan, the last forty five minutes of Batman or Dark Knight Rises is a fifteen minute countdown. Yeah. So right. you know, time time so, and space need not mean nothing to Chris <laughs> Nolan. So like the only thing we got in this movie was that the first time the mother box was used by Silas Stone was over a year ago. Right. So that gives us at least a kind of like a ballpark figure. Right. But that's about it in that regard. So uh, some other things. Um, one, we don't know how long Superman has been in business, you know, in, in this world. Yeah. Because it seems like it's a year to less than five for sure. Right. So like a lot of, of what's going on here, like, we don't get any sense of this. We don't know how long since Clark died, maybe a year. Um, but the whole Superman is gone, woe is us, feels really unearned. And I feel like um, a really good thing that they could have done is instead of the scream turning the mother boxes on, is like the the world losing hope um, over Superman being gone, especially the heroes, could have been the thing that turned them on. Because like, like when Wonder Woman fights... Um, Ramsey Bolton and the terrorists, right? Uh, like Bruce that, Bolton. Bruce, sorry, Bruce Bolton. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Bruce Bolton and the terrorists. That's like, that's like a, a low moment, and you know, not saying that Superman would have handled it any differently, but like, you know, it's just a reminder that like we've lost a hero, and and all the other heroes have to work that much harder. Um, yeah, and it's it, to your to that point. Yeah, it's one of those things like. The example, a good example of done right, uh, and I'm going back a little bit to Falcon and Winter Soldier, is that because you know that the blip, which again, stupid name, it it's been five years. You know, it was five years right. where half the people were gone, and then they came back, and it's been about six months. But in that five years, you have people who actually liked the way the world mm-hmm. was then. And you understand because in the sense of it's been five years, so a lot of shit happens in five years. Right. I think, and and again, I think part of the what you're talking about, I think, is a fail is the failure of Batman v Superman, which I thought was an average movie. I mean, the ultimate cut. I thought the theatrical cut was a bad movie. Um, in the sense of they try in the beginning, I think in the beginning of that movie to show all the things that Superman was doing and how people were looking at him as a god and all this stuff. Right. But it's still that movie still didn't give us enough of a, a sense of how important he was to the world. Right. And this kind of to your point where you, where you were saying, you know, the less that a movie can remind me of Batman versus Superman, <laughs> the better this that that beginning, what you're talking about and how his death has affected the world mm-hmm. is, a, is, again, a failure of that movie. And it kind of bleeds into this one. In the sense of, well, how how long has he been around? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, then I think moving on as like we get into the donkey ride through the mountains. Um, one, it just reminds me that Sack would be a much better director of photography than he is as a full fledged director. Uh, it's a beautiful looking scene, but again, it's completely needless watching Bruce Wayne ride a donkey through the frozen tundra of wherever they are. And, you know, it, it could have just been like 
seen him riding in on a donkey. There wasn't anything that gained from like understanding that that is. And I think the establishing shot when he's on the mountains and you see all the icebergs in the harbor, tell us enough of what we need to know without five minutes of Bruce Wayne riding a donkey through the frozen tundra of wherever. Yeah. I actually, I, I will say, uh, I and partially the music agree during with that. that part was awful. That, that is, we'll like get to the music. The, the music is a whole thing. Yeah, but. That, that's one of the few complaints. Like I really had issues with it, with this movie and it kind of messed up a certain, a couple scenes for yeah. me. Uh, but I will say that scene went on too long, mm-hmm. but I actually liked them showing some of the trek that he made, but yeah, it, they could have cut a little bit. They could have cut, probably cut it in half. Uh, I, least, I would, I would yeah. per, personally, for me, I would say cut it in half, and you know, just show one of those expansive shots, then show a shot of him looking down, you know, down on the town, yeah. and maybe one more shot before that, yeah. it'd have been fine. But yeah, I, I could, I can partially agree in the sense that it did kind of go on. It's one of those that, one of the few scenes where I thought, okay, eh, you know, you can move on right now. So, so uh, I really like Affleck as Batman, and I like him even more as Bruce Wayne. Um, it's a real shame that they didn't decide to put him in his prime. Um, yeah. As Affleck, because I mean Affleck is a he's a beast, man. He's a specimen, and when he's in shape, you know, fuck yeah. Um, so it's a real shame that they decided to make him kind of broken down, Batman. Um, you know, uh, like Clint Eastwood in The Mule. <laughs> so, uh, but when when he finally gets there, the the theatrics between Bruce and Arthur in the the town tavern, I guess, was just a giant dick measuring contest. Like I liked I liked some of that scene. I liked some of how the Justice League um, handled that. Um, I liked that it wasn't the jokes. I liked this is what we saw from the trailer. But then, you know, I just I didn't get the theatrics. Like they he knew. What was it? Arthur knew he was talking about and to him. And, you know, I just it was handled in dialogue later why he wanted to be left alone. And and, and again, it was just a dick measuring contest that didn't need to happen. Um, But that that actually. Yeah, I would say that plays completely into Arthur's character. And I I, I think it shows I'm going to use your word a little restraint on Batman in this or Batman. I'll say Bruce Mm -hmm. in the sense that he doesn't he didn't. Even it's weird because, like, you know, I would assume most of these people know who the Aquaman is. Yeah. Because my original thought was he was, you know, he doesn't want to kind of like out him and kind of put him on blast. Mm-hmm. But everybody knows. Yeah. So, I, I again, I don't know, you know if, if he was trying to go by the customs of that particular town. I don't. Right. I don't. I'm not sure where it was um, or what language they were I'm speaking. I'm just going to say the frozen tundra but, or wherever. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I'm the, I will say just start off the best thing about Bruce in this one is they cut out so many of his just forced and unnecessary jokes. Yeah. The humor being gone made, yeah. made this a much better scene. And like, this isn't a bad scene. Don't get me wrong. I think it just mm-hmm. kind of went on a little too long and it kind of got draggy. Um, when he pulls the money out, that was actually really funny. Like, I don't think it was intentionally funny, but it was funny because he's like, here you go. And then the little girl comes and takes yeah. it. Like, that was a funny – that was a that was a great earned moment, right? Um, I, I also um, think Bruce really just did a bad job of selling why fighting together is a good thing when he's like, I fought side by side with Superman. 
but he died. Yeah, that's not the good example to take. It's like, yeah, it, that's it, my point. Again, um, and then the ladies singing as Aquaman gently waded into the ocean in various states of undress was the dumbest part of anything Zack Snyder's ever done. Yeah. So one of the things I wrote about this whole scene is, and, and again, I liked it. And I will say the one of the few lines that I actually liked of Joss Whedon, and I'm, I'm not, I'm fine with it gone, gone. But when uh, Aquaman says, you know, the strongest, the strongest man is strongest, stronger alone or something mm-hmm. like that. And he's like, that's not, that's not how this goes. Right. But I did say on this, you know, just on this whole first part of this first scene is it, there was too much focus on the small town. Yep. Um, and the singing, uh, do they worship him? And I, so in that regard, I thought that was kind of like one, well, like she smelled his coat, like she was like, yeah, his wife or something weird. So I, yeah. I, I don't and know. So, yeah. And that, and this first part for me, was a, it was a little bit stuffy in the sense of how it started. Well, there was Again. so much of the Justice League in there. Yeah. So I and think that was part of it. It's like I thought we were going to see something different. Yeah. Um, I will say Jeremy Irons is the best Alfred yet. Love him as love um, him as Alfred. The 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 chemistry between Jeremy Irons and Ben Affleck, Jeremy Irons and Gal Gadot, and, yes, and Jeremy yeah. Irons and uh, what little with Ray Fisher he has are great, great. Yeah. I, um. You know, I absolutely loved him in this role. And so then, and, and, yeah, sorry, good. And and we get so much more of him. We get how what how important Alfred is to the whole Batman thing, which we haven't like before. I mean, my gauntlets worked. Yeah, for example. right. That was great. I love that because like Michael Michael Caine was okay. He was okay, yeah. right? He wasn't great. He kept trying to get him to quit, and was like. The, the Yenta <laughs> just always guilting him, um, you know, because he didn't eat enough or whatever. He's not married. Um, but, yeah, so then we get the scene, again, horrible music with Lois in the rain getting coffee. It's nothing but melodrama. That scene yeah. did not to be need to be in there at all. It didn't set any – it didn't it didn't change any expectation that – would have come later in the movie when she shows up at the that the um, memorial site there. Um, it it doesn't change any of that if you know that happens two hours later when the cops like oh you're here every day, you know yeah and yeah and that's what I was kind of debating in the, all these scenes with Lois. I always I had some question marks with a couple of those, thinking if you you could have moved at least one of them cut one of them at least one of them out of there i, I have a note that this... says lois lois's pity party goes on much too long yeah and uh, the song itself oh the, the, that, that's another yeah. mark i have for all that. right it, it was just yeah I, so and then along with that like none of the set pieces that he does that sack does ever look real they almost look cartoony like if you go back to 300 you go back to watchmen you go back to Sucker Punch, right? Um, and then not to mention BVS and Man of Steel. Like, if there's a street, it looks fake because the majority of it is probably green screen. Mm-hmm. So, I, in defense, I know that was the purpose. They purposefully did that in 300. I mean, mm-hmm. that was – Well, like I, get I, I, I get it. I get 300. I, I get but. that. But I told you, was it last week or the week before, why does DC – there's 
and again, not just his movies, but you look at Aquaman, and I don't mean the underwater part. I mean the, the parts when they're, you know, on watching the horizon or something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember Shazam as much. It's been a while since I've seen that. Wonder Woman 1984. There are so many instances in, in these DC movies when you look at some, what's going on on screen, you can't help but say, this has to be green screen, right? right? Well, like, the, I mean, it's the first Wonder Woman. You know, um, Zach mm-hmm. was very much involved with that movie, right? So it, right. it has the Zack Snyder stamp of color and, and filming, right? The the second right. Wonder Woman movie, um, Patty made the same mistake that Joss did, which I have a note in this for later, but um, I'll get to it now. Um, they overdid it on the color palette. They went too far with the saturation, where Zach goes, doesn't go far enough with the saturation. We need so to find over- a good you middle. Think they overcorrect it, yeah, yeah, okay. and and it's not really they're not overcorrecting because of Zach. It's just um, Joss tried to make this flowery look and feel to the Justice League, and that could only come from like an oversaturated color palette. Patty, I think, um, you know, tried to make like the idea of like hope and wishing and things like that to be a much brighter thing. Um, and because so much of it was done outside, specifically in the desert, um, yeah, it, it was just she went too far. Like if you look back again to James Wan's Aquaman, like when when Arthur and Mira are in the desert, like Mira's hair really stands out, but that's because it was like neon red. <laughs> but <Yeah>. everything <laughs> else is like like her her skin, um, her costume or her 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 whatever her outfit. Uh, Jason Momoa, they're all like right in line with what they should look like in that sunlight, in that, you know, in that environment. Um, even when they're in Italy uh, running through the roof, uh, you know, it, it still looks good. Um, and, and you know, that's that and Shazam are really the only two movies who have like really done that well. And I still I. I don't know. It's so weird that a whole movie fr- or a movie universe has very similar issues well, in the in yeah. the CG department. Because I mean, they use the same CG people. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're. It's not that they're not good at their jobs. It's just they have the direction that they're given is to make things look murky and muddy. And you know, like at one point, Angel came down and she's. Um, it was during the God fight. Um, and she's like, this is the worst CG I've ever seen. I'm like, well, you don't pay enough attention to Black Panther. Um, <laughs> or uh, Battle of the Five Armies. Uh, oh, yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, that was bad, too. I mean, Black Panther's tech mobile level in like, a couple scenes. How? But, I don't even know how, but anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. anyway. But uh, so, yeah, I, I just I think there's that. Um, then we get Wonder Woman. Same introduction. It's a little bit longer. Um but I think the terrorist fighting should have been what 1984 was about, right? If if that you have been... her like stopping like terrorists like post Iran Contra things like that, um, helping to kind of try and stabilize things because of the message that the first movie ended on, um, I think it's it, it's better and it makes more sense for the time. I think the the thing is is nothing really changed in the Wonder Woman intro except for she blew out the side of the building and she told a little girl 
in a really strange virtue signal that she could be five thousand year old demigod if she wanted to. <laughs> so one, it, there there was a lot. You saw a lot more of Wonder Woman, like in the original Just Justice League. You didn't see nearly as much. And one of the things I liked about this scene is because so much, so much of the time you're talking about the slow motion aspect mm-hmm. of when her she's blocking bullets. We saw a little bit of her blocking bullets and how fast it was in. You know, the first Wonder Woman, yeah. but those were, you know, revolvers and pistols. These were automatic weapons. And again, yes, it looked a little cartoony. She but took I a actually... shot to the back, though. Like, she did yeah. not block all of them. She took a shot. Yeah, she, yeah. Because was, was, she was like, out. So, um, and that was cool. That was a cool moment. Yeah. And so I love that in, in the sense of how, and, and again, how fast she was. And I, as much as I love that scene, and the town and what the first wonder woman mm-hmm. it was a little bit too much slow motion yeah oh yeah and th- and this i like the balance between slow motion of how she sees things and then her speeding up with how everyone else sees how fast she's moving well it was the long i have right here is the longest 13 seconds in cinema history and because of the slow-mo it seemed to go on for like 15 minutes um like the end of a close basketball game <laughs> with all the fouls right yeah. um then there's no way that bomb would have blown up four city blocks. And finally, no, it would no way. Um, no. She could fly at that point, right? Why didn't she fly the bomb away? And then two, Gal Gadot is a great Wonder Woman, and she deserves better material. Yeah, well, across the board. And again, and again, I will say in this one, she, she's her character is kind of like basically support i mean she's in it a lot and I, I i absolutely love all the scenes with her fighting it's just great but from a character standpoint she doesn't have a lot of stuff going on in this movie uh she does have a great scene later on i, I really like the scene with her and aquaman and the superman you know when they're digging up superman yeah. she had a good pretty decent scene with you know with batman with bruce wayne and we talked about you, you mentioned the scene with alfred but overall yeah she doesn't have a lot of meat as far as what her character is going through. Right. Right. Uh, and, and also I, I do have to say, and I told you this, I love the fact of how stepping within one of the fights is taunting her. Oh yeah. About how leaving the Amazons and stuff like that. And unfortunately it, well, again, this takes place after one. That, that's the one of the things I have to get in my head. Sometimes it's like, okay, this takes place after wonder woman, 1984. Right. So, like, what so, happens yeah. to Wonder Woman after this? So, right. I, which I'm curious about. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so this is the part where the music really got distracting, right? Um, and and then it carried on throughout the rest of the film. So a lot of times, so good music is a character that helps Absolutely, tell the story. Yes. Bad music is a detractor and a distraction. And, like, any song with a lyric in this movie is garbage. Um, the version of Hallelujah during the credits is dangerously close to the brown note. That's how bad it is. Um, that girl just warbles. She warbles yeah. every single every single <laughs> syllable. It's like there's not just a sung syllable. Everything has so to a be. Great, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, a, a great comparison of what you're saying is compare Guardians of the Galaxy and how the mu- music is entwined in the story versus Suicide Squad. Again, Individually, I love most of the songs from the Suicide Squad movie. Put into the movie, they took away from the scenes that they were in. They did not match right. up. They did not well, flow. Part up. of it is because they used the same soundtrack as Guardians of the Galaxy. But like even Guardians of the Galaxy 2, 
has a great soundtrack. Like when Yondo and Rocket are walking through the Ravenger ship, killing everybody. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, that was great. Um, you know, Baby Driver. The whole movie is predicated on the soundtrack. Yes. And and it's a character unto itself. Um, but, yeah, I, I think what for whatever reason – I don't know who picked the music. Uh, I actually have in here that Zack Snyder has really, really, really bad taste in music. Um, and, and yeah, so. And the one thing. Yeah. And before we go, go, like the Wonder Woman thing, you know, I love Wonder Woman's theme music. I love it. It's, I just love that, you know, the, but they added this, you know, kind of almost like 300-esque, mm-hmm. like lyrical element to the beginning of it that played every time and that was just a big detractor uh, from I, I was like every time that happened it, it was it garnered an eye roll from me because yeah. it was just it felt so out of place okay if you would have done that maybe once the first time you know when she's standing on top of the statue before she you know takes down the terrorist okay that's fine but the way they do it two or three other uh, times during the movie and it didn't work right. until it got to the, you know, the regular theme. Right. But yeah. And again, that's another a lyrical aspect. You know, I don't care if it's hum, humming or not or whatever. It, it just did not flow well with what was going on in the scenes. Yeah. Um, so then we're back to the Island um, of Themyscira at this point for the first time. This scene, so in the first movie, the Themyscira, the, 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 uh, words are hard. Oh, 33 minutes this time. Um, <laughs> I didn't have a words are hard on the on the episode this week, if you know. I was, I was about to say, um, because it's been a week or two. It, since. It, it's been a while since I did it in the first 10 seconds of an episode with Casey. Um, but uh, where was I? Oh, um, so we get back to the island. In the first, in the Justice League, the stuff on the island was about five minutes. The stuff with Snyder was closing in on 20 minutes. Again, could have been cut in half easily and still told the story it told. Uh, so here's the thing. This thing has been asleep for thousands of years. Um, it wakes up and there's a boom tube. Super convenient, right? That is just there. Because it's on the scenic overlook of the ocean. <laughs> like it's a museum or something. Um, not necessarily a uh, hardened structure to keep a uh, godlike creature from coming in and stealing it. Uh, when it yeah. wakes up, there's, you know, we come back and there's like 50 Amazons guarding it. it. It's woken up. The last time these things were active, there was a massive war with the gods, men, Atlanteans, and Amazons and Green Lanterns fighting Darkseid and his armies. Um, why was the Legion of Horseback Amazons not stationed right there? Why were they miles away? Yeah. Well, one, look, uh, one thing is that, so I, I'm assuming that when it first wakes up, there are like, you know, 50 sold, 50 Amazon warriors mm-hmm. in the building. And I'm, I'm assuming they're there at all times just because of how they reacted. Right. It wasn't like they were milling about, you know, having cocktails. Well, that, that lady who was like coming up to check it out was like, she looked like the scaredest person ever in the movie. Yeah. And I, I, my, my one gripe was like, why did you throw away your shield? Yeah. But anyway, so, and that's the, this well, gets and you, you notice, hold on, hold on, you notice it was the black Amazon. They're like, well, somebody's going to die. We're going to send the black lady <laughs> to do it. It's like every horror movie. Yeah, trope. She was actually one of, she was actually one, I think, uh, in 
later yeah I, she, she later on in yeah. the the age of heroes or whatever but yeah so this is again with the whole time thing and and again this is a small gripe for me not a big deal but so from the time that they find it waking up to mm-hmm. the time that uh our boy gets here you know how long is it i mean it seems like pretty quick yeah but again like to to your point i i will say the biggest Although I, I was going to say the biggest thing is why didn't they have it in an underground bunker of sorts? Right. But I guess their idea was, hey, if if worse comes to worse, we can collapse the whole thing and you know kill whoever. See, I don't think that was intended. Um, see, I. But I, I, don't, I don't know, know because that's a tough one because we don't know what happened on the inside of that. Right. right. So uh, I will say when the boom tube came in and blew all of the Amazons back. All of those ladies on the steps are now paralyzed because they're, they're not, but not like on. they're not like Wonder Woman. They are they they can be shot. They are not invincible. They're not impervious. They can have bones break it broken. Oh, um, absolutely. But they're I think all paralyzed. They, they're all paralyzed at that yeah. point. No, I honestly think. And again, we don't. We know they can be shot. Yeah. But I, I think they are much tougher and much stronger from yeah. a physical standpoint than a normal human. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. One of the things that about this movie is there was a lot of kind of beats that reminded me of the Lord of the Rings, and <laughs> in the in the sense of cer- certain scenes, like like when you're talking about them like getting blown back like that, yeah, it reminded me of you know the prologue to the first Lord of the Rings movie mm-hmm. when uh, Sauron it comes in and you know that power and he just like everybody gets blown back when he you know when he dies. Well, you know the elves, the men. The, the dwarves, yeah. the, the magical people, yeah, that like all really, got together. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll, yeah. I'll also say the <laughs> we have no fear line uh, belongs in 300, not Justice League. It was super cringe. <laughs> um, you know, the I gate. I love that. Line. I know the gate that has to be. Awesome. Yeah, I know the gate has to be strong, um, but it's quite a production to close it. You know, it was very cinematic to get that thing shut. Uh, watching. Oh, here's here's my here's my favorite watching it fall in the ocean was a tremendous waste of good running away time on horseback Hippolyta could have been a quarter mile a quarter of a mile away by the time Steppenwolf jumped up uh it was all for naught the scene fighting in the valley would have looked so much better without Sack's weird color palette um you know if, if it would have actually even been closer to Joss's uh oversaturation the that whole fight in the valley with the updated Steppenwolf would have looked amazing Oh, I thought it was amazing. Um, the one part, and I think I told you this. Oh, no, I'm not saying it wasn't amazing. It would have looked amazing. It it, oh, it, it just, yeah. It, like, the one issue I had with, you know, the CG there was the when the Legion you were talking about mm-hmm. that was miles away started tromping in. That looks so, it looks so bad. Yeah. Um, but overall, yeah, and, and again, we know that, you know, the horses were CG. We couldn't, mm. you know have somebody throw three no. horses like that. And and we haven't even you can't, talked about... You can't about... throw three horses like that? What have you been doing at no. the gym? I'm so disappointed in you. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, you know, I have to do some more reverse hypers to strengthen my lower <laughs> back and, you know, posterior chain. I, I, I will that. say, this fight is the definition of bringing a knife to a gunfight. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we haven't mentioned that yet. Like, the difference between this Steppenwolf and the one we got in the Justice version is... I mean, it's not even funny how much better this he is. This is a formidable character now. Um, not only does he look yeah. better and and moves in the right ways, 
Um, although he looks kind of like a cross between the Leviathans in the Avengers movie and um, the Destroyer in Thor. Yeah, especially when you talk about how his, it looks like he has living armor yeah, on. Or... But the living armor is cool. And that, oh yeah, absolutely. I like how he looks alien and not hu- like not human now. I thought that was an important yeah. change. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it's just the, these people were supposed to be protecting this mother box, um, and they were very laissez-faire fair about it. I mean, I have the same thing to say about the Atlanteans too. They didn't do any better. Actually, so I think the Atlanteans like five did, guards. Right. The Atlanteans did worse because he just kind of came yeah. in and took it other than when Mira <laughs> tried to pull all of the liquid out of him, which was actually a which cool was, scene. So, which was a pretty badass scene. Um, all right, um, moving on. All of the changes to Russia were way better. Um, getting the context of it was toxic, and that's why they wanted to be there so that the mother boxes cause you could use the radiation. Um that was a great couple lines of dialogue that happened a couple times in the movie to understand what was going on. Um, and how many times do we say this? Sometimes it takes one or two lines yep. to make sense of something that otherwise you'd be like, why yep. in the hell are they doing this? Sh- and showed, that's all it took. That's all it took. And, and they showed us. It wasn't telling. They showed yes. us why it was that way. Yeah. Um, the the scene with, where, with uh, Bruce and Alfred um, – add a whole bunch of stakes to the hero's mission when they're talking about why they should track Barry down. Um, it could have, um, it, they could have left more of that in, uh, that was from previous, the previous movie, um, while losing two to four minutes from Themyscira w- and with Aquaman in the village. I think there was some of that. Um, everything added with star labs, I think, was needed context that was missing missing in the Justice League version. Yeah, and and we also got a Ryan Choi too, which yep. I, I don't know who that actor was. I, I liked how, and again, the only Ryan Choi that I've known as far as on the live action is you know he was in the last, he was in the Infinity, uh, the, um, you know, Crisis on mm-hmm. Infinite Earths, and it was played by a character that like he was a prophet in the Supernatural series. Right. I forgot the guy's name, but. That this guy was pretty. I, I really like this guy. Uh, but going back to the beginning of this part two with Age of Heroes, we also get Steppenwolf's motivations. Mm-hmm. He is not talking about mother this and mother nope. that. Which A- adding Desaad was amazing. Yeah. Was amazing. Yeah, and, and, so. and I like. And again, one of his I, one of my the things that that sums up. You know, what he's trying to do is when he says after his first conversation, he's like, or after he, you know, does, you know, at the fortress and everything, he's like, he will see my worth again. Yeah. And we get, we do get a little bit more down the road, which I'll talk about because I loved how they, they don't not only made this guy or this creature formidable, but in, in the way they did his eyes when, and you know, later da- later mm-hmm. down the road, where Desaat tells him, once like, look, you conquer fifty thousand yeah. worlds, for you owe us dark thousand worlds. Then you get, then we may think about bringing yeah. you back into the fold. The look of like just, you know, hurt and yep. on his eyes, mm-hmm. on a, on a, and like you said, it's an alien creature, but his eyes look so human in that moment. Yep. And for a split second, I had just a just a little bit of sympathy for him, like. 50,000 worlds. That's that's a lot, man. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> then the cranky museum guy was back complaining about everything. 
Uh, Diane is so wrapped up in herself at this point in time uh, that she totally would have missed the uh, whatever monument of heroes being on fire. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. I think so. I also think all of this would have been much better without this being the second time through the movie. Um, but Diana Prince Tomb Raider slash evidence thief uh, was a great use of her. And I think Gal would have made an amazing Laura Croft um, at the same time. So, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Although I will say I love I really loved Alicia Vikander um, as. Laura yeah. Croft. Oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not taking anything. But yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, I, I have was, a she, I have another note here. The music choices in this movie are awful. Sack might have the worst taste in music ever. Oh. Uh, get Ant- uh, Aquaman struggles with where he is in life, mm-hmm. wants nothing to do with Atlantis. Yep. And in parentheses, another poor song choice. Yeah. Uh, I also have Aquaman throws a guy on the table and slams him so hard he probably has a concussion now after saving him from the boat. So he may have done more harm than good. Uh, then he goes into the ocean with that horrible song um, about the tide. <laughs> yes. Uh, why does Mira have an accent, uh, but not an Aquaman? Uh, why did Sack have her parents die when um, Dolph Lundgren is her dad in Aquaman? And Volko is 100% wrong here. Um, I do, however, like that Aquaman's cave is Ariel's little cave of treasure. So Volko is 100% wrong in Just what? everything. Everything about him is wrong in this. Like, it, like he's so good in Aquaman, right? Volko is such a cool character mm-hmm. in Aquaman. And, like, they, they didn't – he didn't – because these are new scenes. Yeah. These oh, are, are These they? are new scenes. These weren't cut, right? They added a bunch of stuff. They did $70 million extra dollars. Well – they, and, they said they only shot a couple scenes, and one of those so, was one of the ones they I, I enjoyed, but they sh- didn't need in the movie was the nightmare scenario at the very end. Yeah, and but like this, but like no, I just thought I thought it was all wrong for the the Willem Dafoe character that we we got in Aquaman, who was a highlight of you know an okay movie. Like Aquaman is better than average. I like Aquaman is in my top two for DC EU movies. Oh. Eh. I, after it. rewatching it, like it's funny, like after I thought so too, and then after I rewatched it last week and I I kind of forgot how there, like there's some good cheese, but there's a ton of bad oh, cheese. Oh yeah. I mean I've movie. ruined it for you by calling it water. Oh no, you haven't. No. So. No. It's it's I, I, I actually enjoy again, I love I, I really did like Volko yeah. in Aquaman. I don't know. I, liked... I just I thought he was all wrong here. Um, he just I don't know. It's I I couldn't put my finger on it. It just felt off. So this is one of those where I actually it was necess- It was absolutely necessary for Aquaman for Arthur's journey to get to where he was. Yeah. And one of the things it do- and one of the smaller things I will say it did was. It gave him because in the original Justice version, the first thing I did, I thought when he came to their rescue is like, okay, where did he get the trident and where did he get his armor? Yeah, and yeah. that is what Volko did gave him. But I mean, that's a small thing. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, the bigger thing is he put in in Aquaman's head, hey, this is going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the these these guards are disappearing. 
from the snatchers from what did he call them? The snatchers from above or something yeah, like that. The snatchers. So so again, the snatchers for, were snatching. Yeah. <laughs> so again, that was one of those scenes that it wasn't as smooth as it could have been. I don't think. Uh, and also, I, I wasn't a fan of how they you know the vocals hair. That was a little bit too crazy, which again, yeah. that's a small thing. Yeah. But it was absolutely necessary for Aquaman from to get from that point, not just to the end of the movie, but to you know the point after this when he comes and he saves Mara's life. Like without that vocal talk, it's even though they do it in the Justice version, mm-hmm. there's more depth to why he did why he ends up getting pushed in this direction why he ends right. up there how he found out so i thought you know, atlanta uh his mom um or atlantia whatever left the trident when she was captured so it's been with him and his dad the whole time well but i don't know that, I'm fuzzy uh, on that yeah remember in the aquaman movie I'm trying to think of how it was because he was showing him how to use the trident. Right, he had it as a kid, and... like using it, like learning how to use it. Yeah. He's like, "Why can't I use a sword?" And he's like, "This is yeah. the weapon and... of your people, your mother." And I'm trying to remember. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember the dialogue because there was something about his mother's trident and Aquaman, but I don't, yeah. I, I don't remember exactly what the dialogue was. Uh, yes. So anyway, um, then we get the gods fighting dark side scene. This was great. This was the, this was the, (laughs) but this was like the second best addition to the movie because they replaced Steppenwolf with Darkseid. We saw the anti-life equation on the ground. We got to see more of the Green Lantern. We got to see more of the gods, um, which is what it took to beat him. And then we had the, the, the moment. But my big question is why did Dark, why is Darkseid got a bite off Maximus uh, and his Kool-Aid with the dirt? Before fighting, <laughs> I mean, he already kind of looks like a gladiator. Like, why yeah. is he picking up dirt? Like, one of the best yeah. characters in cinema history. This is one of those scenes where, for, okay, from a movie, you know, uh, standpoint, you understand why it's yep. short. But this is one of those I would love to have seen a twenty-minute version of this. Maybe not in this movie, but like, kind of like you know, an extra or something like that, because this was so much fun. And this, again, this reminded me of the, the elves and men Mm -hmm. come together. Oh yeah. This was, this was, yeah. So, um, including apocalypse with his major, his or apocalypse, uh, dark side with his mace when he's just splashing a dozen people at a time. Yep. Uh, all right. So I also have, they never should have brought the anti-life equation into this movie since they won't be making any more unless they're going to do it without sack, which I don't think they will. And I also said this is the most important scene in the first hour, and we finally get the context we needed, even if the CGI is kind of crap. Yeah. Uh, I thought the CGI was okay. It, 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 some moments were really good, and then other moments just like kind of like going back to the Amazon thing where they're, the Legion is, Amazon Legion is coming. It's kind of bad. And so overall, I, I again, for, for your point, the scene is, is very important. It offers us, uh, you know, I don't know if it's it's the most important for our characters. Yeah. In the sense of, you know, they now know the stakes. Right, right, right. So because she she can now go back and and tell everybody what she does. So um, and I I, again, uh, uh, oh, one of the things I didn't say is when when we were talking about. Oh, yeah. You didn't know which you didn't know what was canon. Yeah. Basically, per Zach, he says he knows that this movie is not canon. Yeah. So this was what his part, at least 
a good portion of his vision was for this movie. I'm just surprised at how much of the Joss movie is in this movie. Well, it's again, he used uh, everything in the Joss movie was from what Zack Snyder See, shot. But Zach's, there were there were people who were saying like Joss only used like ten percent of what Zack Zach, Zach shot. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it, that's I, that whole ten percent thing. Eh, I yeah, don't know I don't, about that. You yeah, know, I, I'm percentage. just you know, it's just based on like reports of what people were saying and yeah. stuff like that. Look, this is a better movie, hands down. Um, it, it, it does not change the fact that it was built on a foundation of sand with the Man of Steel, which was never meant to be the opening salvo of a shared universe. It was meant to be and, the opening salvo of three Superman movies, and Warner Brothers got greedy. They Actually, yeah. no, let me rephrase that. They didn't get greedy because Man of Steel didn't make okay. a whole lot of money. They got jealous, and they wanted to be yeah. Marvel, and they, no, were, they did yeah. what DC has continually done in the last 10 years – and they take shortcuts to try and be what Marvel is, whether it's in the movies, whether it's on TV, whether it's in the comics, and they fail every time. Yes, absolutely. And it, to your point, again, some of the I, – I, I, again, there, there's no doubt this is a better movie than Justice League or than the Justice version. Yep. I, actually think it's a, I, I actually think it's a good movie itself, but some of the issues with this movie and – it, it, it goes back to what you just said a lot you know some of them, especially in the beginning part of this movie uh some of the, the issues come from how batman v superman was handled yes. and the things that went on in there and again i think that, i think this is a much much better movie than batman uh, yeah. v superman um uh, yeah no i mean i agree with you there i i think it, i think the next scene that comes after this kind of exemplifies everything i'm talking about and it's everything with the Flash in this movie to me is garbage. Ezra Miller is the exact wrong actor to play Barry Allen. Uh, this whole Iris scene that we got was completely unnecessary. It should have been sh- should have been saved for a standalone Flash movie. Um, a, a truck driver dropping his food and then taking his eyes off the road while driving through a downtown area that's not going to happen for like 30 seconds yeah that's never going to happen that that was just you know and then it was all again gratuitous again the music was off-putting and distracting he has lightning yes. shooting off of him like this version of flash has lightning shooting off of him completely uncontrolled in all directions he's killing people as he flies through towns um i i don't i don't understand how a company that owns the ip can get a character so wrong as they've gotten the flash wrong. And the other thing is Ezra Miller does not know how to run. When you we, like, he throws his arms out, like he's swimming or drowning to run. And it just is it again, it is so off putting and I don't like his voice or face. So it's funny <laughs> because I, I agreed with you in the justice version. I, I have almost done a one eighty on him from what I saw in this movie. Jacques. That's prob- That's one of the biggest surprises to me, at, at all. Like in this whole movie, first of all, I will 100% agree that scene with Iris is unnecessary. Uh, it, we did not need that. We did not need that. They should have just left it with we see him the first time talking to his dad in prison. That mm-hmm. would have been fine. Yeah. Also, what it takes away in a little bit is the sense that when we get Victor Stone's origin. It happens because it's a car accident. Right. So you have another car accident for this other hero to meet his, I don't know, soulmate, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. it 
it's just a little too much. So that that's that's an example of one of those things I thought should have been cut. Like yep. it, it wasn't necessary. It took away from his character. And I mean, the whole hot dog, it, the whole dog yeah. walking anyway. thing was stupid. Yeah. Like you know, it was just like the, the the whole point of that was the visual of his his gym shoes exploding. Yeah. That yeah. Was uh, yeah. And and, and I they could have done I that thought, at any time in the movie. Yeah, and I will say I, I've always thought the whole lightning was cool, but like, dude, sometimes I'm going to use your word, restraint. Just yep. because something is cool on screen does not mean mean one you should use it, and two, it's it's good practical for the character, especially right. a character that you know, like you said, is running through the streets saving people. Well, when all the this show stuff. of the same name on the CW does better CG with the running, that's uh, no. They don't. Anyway. They do not. I mean, he looks better running, and he's got like oh, the, oh, oh, like, no, like no. You know, the yellow the yellow running. streaks yeah. that follow behind him are not and lightning that could be that are doing damage. Yeah, um, and so, and again, yeah. the way they do it with Barry on the series is yes, you see his body, the lightning charge through his body, mm -hmm. but it doesn't shoot out everywhere. Right. Yeah, so I but, just I did not I don't care for that. Yeah. Um. Okay. But so then I will, oh, sorry. Good. Let me go. Let me yeah, go yeah, with yeah. Ezra Miller real quick. Again, I thought he was whiny in the first one, and it was too much trying to be funny. And he didn't have any moments where it was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I, and I mean, like, character moments. Mm -hmm. He had a few, several character moments. I loved his conversations he had with, I mean, some were funny, like with Aquaman, but um, and also Victor Stone. But I, I like that they actually toned down some of, he wasn't just comic relief. Mm -hmm. And he was again he he was the most important part of the team in this in this movie which and, you know as you'll see like, what happened you know, which... and they did a better job by not making him a bumbling oaf you know he still yeah. had the one scene where he tripped um but also one of the things is outside of wonder woman aquaman he's had his powers the longest yeah i as far I, I would as things go so, because and yeah so i, I know we know, know victor's had his for what about a year uh yeah but I mean, it seems but, like Barry's has had it. Pat Barry's had his for longer. Who knows? Yeah. Again, the, and, the timelines I, are murky. <laughs> yeah, and and again, I that's one of the things I didn't, I wasn't a fan of is when how they would play his tripping over stuff for last. Well, it was that one one instance where he tripped, and I was like, you didn't need that. But overall, I think this movie did more for his character for my from me for you know for me because I did not like him one bit in the first one right to go on to almost saying hey now i still don't know if i want to see a flash movie with him uh, no not but, at all <laughs> but him as him as a part of a an ensemble cast it actually worked for me but again just because you can work in an ensemble cast right does not mean it's going to work for a movie for yeah. a two-hour movie to see him you know front and center i just i don't know if ezra miller is that guy for me to yeah. be front and center for a movie yeah. Even though I loved him in this, mm -hmm. I don't think he's he's good strong enough to be front and center in a Flash movie. Right, right, right. So coming out of this, we get Steppenwolf uh, pulling some Atlanteans out of the sea. He throws the guy against the rock, and I'm pretty sure that guy would have been brain dead with all the blood that you saw. <laughs> um, but the best thing is they used a little Starro um, to to read his mind. Like you know, so that's, not, that how Starro, that that's not how Starro works. But like I'm assuming that's what it was because that's what it looked like. Um, it might, it was like a mechanical version of a Starro, but whatever. Um, then we get, um, Ben and Gal, um, working together right out of this. Um, 
and they have great chemistry. And my note here, because like you know, you told me about the the Bruce and Lois thing. So I said Ben and Gal have great chemistry. Thinking that Sack wanted to hook Bruce and Lois up makes me want to have him not do any more movies ever again. <laughs> um, you know, so jumping through, then we get the then we get to the meat of Vic, which I thought was really cool. Um, the only problem with Vic that I had, oh, I had I had a couple of like minor. Well, I had one big gripe and then a couple minor gripes. My big gripe is I'm not sure anyone involved with the filming has ever played or watched football. Ray Fisher carries the ball like Tiki Barber and would be a fumble machine. Um, Vic's mom standing up for him to going in hacking um, because the girl's house burned down seemed kind of off. Um, and in a movie of superheroes, the hardest thing for me to believe that Ray Fisher was ever a football star. <laughs> well, Ray Fisher is built like a football star. He's built like uh, you know what? There's a lot of people who are built like a football star. Oh, absolutely. Like, but like but, his the way he carried the ball was like he, it was way out. And, like it was like the, so yeah. So that was the, the worst. My scene. that was horrible. So my biggest issue with the football scene where they they said it was fourth and whatever, which yeah. okay, that's fine. For, but they said it was at the 42-yard line. Yeah. And he ran like 15 yards yeah. for the touchdown. So, again, I, you know, cause in the sports, I, I find stuff like that in movies, and I just roll my eyes. So I, I'm curious if Why it was you... Ray Fisher that jumped over that guy or if that was like um, a, a stunt double who learned to walk that day. Um, because, <laughs> like. And, uh, again. Yeah. We're we're talking about the slow motion. We didn't need slow motion in that. We didn't scene need that. We, did, we, we did. didn't need the football scene at all. Yeah, we really didn't. Uh, so it took away. It it, I, it actually it, it like as much as I I have enjoyed Cryborg's uh, redemption throughout the Snyder Cut. Uh, th- this whole interaction from that to him smugly sitting in the office to his mom, you know lecturing the 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 dean yeah to what college kid drives home with his mom you know after a game you know because that's when I that mean, happened um there's yeah. a lot of sloppy sloppy writing here they uh they wanted they wanted her in the story and again why does no one in this show watch in this movie watch where they're driving yeah and and that's with a lot of you yeah. know like the whole driving thing like that's almost a trope now with, oh, with you yeah. know superhero stuff um, but it was an interesting way the, to make him a triple amputee. Yeah. So the one biggest issue I had was not the football thing, although they irked me, mm-hmm. and not even the driving thing, him driving at home. It was the conversation between the dean and his mother Yeah. when she was excusing his behavior to help someone. Like I, They could have done a right. much better. So they were basically trying to establish him as a veritable genius. Yeah. There are other ways to do that. Not like, well, saying, he's a criminal, but it's okay because he helps someone. Yeah, he hacked he hacked your computers and he helped change his friend's grade. Like, that's expulsion right there. That's criminal so, activity. Sorry. So like, yeah. So that was a that was a terrible way to make that point that he's a genius and he mm-hmm. looks out for people, whatever, or tries to look out for people, even if it's the wrong way to do it. Right. But overall. After watching this, I under, I see why Ray Fisher was pissed off. I do. I get it, man. He, I one hundred percent. He understand. was the heart and soul. Like he, his, his emotional journey in this movie, like that. That's what one of the big things that was missing from the original. Yep. There was no heart in that movie. It yeah. was 
just a series of events. I really liked Cryborg in this movie. Like, I'm calling him Cyborg again after this. Um, the tape recorder should have been an MP3 player because there's no way he's able to put a tape together so, in the epilogue. I was going um, to ask you that. Like, is he – like, how – that, yeah, that would have made more sense so, to me. Uh, and then I feel like I've seen the flight training scene before. I'm not sure where. Um, I think uh, it might have happened in, in the other company's movies at some point. Um, oh, in 2008, in Iron Man. <laughs> That's where it came from. It just yeah. hit me. Um, there's I, that. And I, then uh, last thing. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, two things. Uh, a little too much about why he's all powerful and with great power comes great responsibility. Again, ripped off from Marvel and his sonic cannon is kind of weensy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I loved almost everything about cyborg uh, mm -hmm. other than, you know, what we talked about when, how he got to, you know, pre triple amputee, which yeah. wow. I mean, I mean, seriously. like I said, that was a really interesting way to get him there. So yeah, I, I'm just talking about when he had his father had him just like up on the board or yeah. whatever, just hanging out with. Yeah, it's like how you know. very Doctor Mangala of you, Silas Stone. <laughs> yeah. But I I really liked how they that scene where his and again it was actually one of the few voiceovers in this movie mm -hmm. that I actually liked yeah. was Joe how Morton Silas has that voice right. He's just got yeah, that great and, voice. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And and I'm all in on Joe Morton. I love Joe Morton. Go watch Eureka. Yeah. If you like Joe Morton, go watch go watch Eureka. Oh, I forgot he was in that. Yeah. Or I actually, watched... if you like him, go watch this movie called or this TV series. It was also a TV movie called Viper. Um... <laughs> I forgot he was in Viper too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Joe Morton stan. <laughs> Dude, you are seriously like bringing back you know memories. I, I used to love Viper. I love Joe. I, I I anytime he shows up in something, I'm like I'm like I'm I'm watching this because I like him. So yeah, he's and, never been a and, that guy to me. It's like that's Joe Morton. Yeah, <laughs> but I love I love this story of Cyborg because when we get to him and when we see him with his father, he is so angry. Yeah, because he blames his father for his because he said even says it. He was like, if you came basically if you came to my game, mom would be well, mom would still be here now. Yeah, like is and, it? And he was like, he I mean, would he have was, been driving, and the mom wouldn't have been because she seemed yeah. to like be pretty like you know self-sufficient like i'm gonna drive yeah. i'm all right like and he was i mean he was throwing digs he was like because when his father was like monsters are here he's like you should know about monsters yeah, especially you, creating you, them you made one i um, mean it's yeah like, just no one and, watches and, the road though when they're driving it's just such sloppy right <laughs> no so that well i mean how many people die every year because they're not watching the road so yeah but I mean, it's yeah, just I get when you kind of concentrate still. it on on a you know an origin story, it's kind of it's a little bit yeah you know it's a little bit tropish. But so. I just loved how he how he's so angry with his dad because mm -hmm. because again when you're talking about the tape recorder, where he's like, so I was talking to you as a scientist, that's that, but as a father, mm -hmm. and then he crushes. He <laughs> doesn't want to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a double dad because you know he birthed him and then he birthed <laughs> yeah. him. Um, Which was with two different line. mothers, like, so <laughs> I don't know. There's there's commentary I, in there somewhere. Too. Okay, I, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I wrote that down. I wasn't gonna say it, but uh, you 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 kind of made me go there. Uh, all right, so moving on, we get the Flash in in jail. Um, so I just have this bit of commentary because I love Billy Crudup as well. Um, he'll always be the uh, the movie Steve Pro Steve Prefontaine to me. Uh, sorry, Jared Leto. But I, I have here, Sack uses too many of the same actors over and over. Billy Crudup is great. 
but he will always be Dr. Manhattan when in a Snyder color palette. This Henry Allen even has the same voice cadence like when Dr. Manhattan talks to Silk Spectre. And it was really, really hard to to think of him as Henry Allen and not, you know, Dr. Manhattan in, in, in this moment, in this, like, and I had that same issue with the first time around too. So I have no problem with him being in Henry Allen, although I, I'm, I'm the opposite. Like when I think of Henry Allen, I always think of, I forgot his name that plays Henry Allen. Wesley Ship. The Flash show. Wesley Ship. Yeah. John Wesley Ship. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and w- my uh, note for this section was, this was a better intro to the character than the whole Saving Iris scene, and it matched the tone of this part of the movie. I would agree with that. It, I would 100% so, agree with that. But again, we had we the Iris thing, and it ruined it. Yeah, we did not need Barry to, to see Barry before this mm-hmm. scene right here. Um, so, uh, but... Yeah. And and again, that leads right. I think that leads right into Ezra meeting, or as ever, Barry meeting Bruce, which yep. is very similar to what we saw. In it, that the was original. lifted. There's there was not nothing different change. there. There was um, uh, there was know, not much change. They even there. use that stupid snack hole line. I'm a snack hole. Yeah, you're some kind of hole. Um, yeah. So Diana looking for Vic this time around is more in line with how a hacker would act, um, right down to the font that he used, which I thought this was much better. Um, their first meeting was better this time, and um, Vic kind of came off as a little like proto villainy here, like giving that lady the hundred thousand dollars and and all of that stuff. I do wish he would have completed his armor at this point, right? When he when he showed up to meet her, like like it would have been cool if he would have kind of put the the finishing skin that we never got in this cut. And honestly, I kind of thought that's what was going to happen in that scene just by how, he, you know, with the overview, how he's talking about all this stuff you mm-hmm. can do. I was waiting for that to happen. And that was one of those little disappointments because mm-hmm. I really like at the end of the Justice League version how that suit looked well, it's or how his armor Joe looked. Morton, he was. was working with his dad. Like, you know, Joe yeah. Morton didn't die. So or that one of the other things that I really liked here was – there were there were a lot of things that paid off down the road mm-hmm. in this movie then that we did obviously didn't get in the Justice League version and we haven't I mean in other movies too just in general in the sense of Al and this one of those things where Alfred is working on the gauntlets mm-hmm. and it kind of it, it also does a good job of showing just how vital Alfred is oh yeah to everything Bruce is doing perhaps he's, perhaps he needs a lasso in black yeah <laughs> that was great yeah that was, great <laughs> that was funny. Um, and, and like you said, I like that chemistry between Gal and um, Jeremy Irons yep. as well. Uh, like, so, and and he had some good moments. And and though and so the, hold on, hold on, gauntlets... real, real quick, real quick, because we kind of yeah. skipped over something important. Vic hides the mother box in his mom's grave. Yes. And uh, I have a note here. There's more graveyards in this movie than a zombie movie. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's quite a few. But I thought that was interesting. <laughs> and is like, is the stench of his dead mom gonna hide the smell of the mother box i mean it seems like it's kind of like you know like regular human humans from the defense department stumbled upon the buried one from five thousand years ago like so yeah. the funny thing about that scene is how he it's in a bag he opens the bag mm-hmm. and then he puts the mother box with the open bag in the hole right 
Like, so you, you thought he was going to take it out of the bag and then right. just put the mother box no, in there. No, he there. just... Like, well, he wanted... Just... He put, so he wanted to put his two moms, like, together. Because he yeah. loves them. Both. <laughs> you know, one father, two moms. It's so weird. <laughs> so. But, and, you know, going back to that scene yeah, real sorry. quick where um, the scene between Diana and Victor, mm-hmm. that was, again, one of those slow... Uh, it sound, that sounds negative when I've said slow, but it was one of those where you know something is injected into someone's psyche, like in the sense of what Wonder Woman says to him about mm-hmm. you know learning how to open back up again. Yep. She plants that seed that you know bears fruit later on in the movie, mm-hmm. and you can see it a little bit in his eyes where he's he kind of sees it, but at the same time his, he's still his, so angry. His eye. Yeah, his eye. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, his, his eye. <laughs> He's so angry that he needs to. He's it's he's still not in the mindset where he can fully digest what she said. Right. So and that's one of those moments. These little lines here and there between characters that pay off. Yep. Which I, and again I love that. Yep. Um, then we get more um, mother box stealing heisty goodness. Um, Atlanteans and Amazons don't really know how to guard things. Uh, the Atlanteans <laughs> speaking dolphin to each other was super cringe. That was really, but it made yeah, up. That... It made up for it when Mira tried to pull all the liquid out of Steppenwolf. Um, but then it, they lost it again when Zack Snyder got all of the Aquaman history wrong um, with Mira's parents and you know all of that stuff. So, so uh, going back before that, one of the other things talking about what pays off later is. Uh, Ryan Choi talking to Silas about the mm-hmm. uh, electron laser and how it superheats dense that yep. dense metal from the Kryptonian ship. That again pays off with when you know Silas does his sacrifice. I you know it's funny I liked Mara in her pseudo British voice because using that accent because it kind of on for me it it took away from. The sh- Amber Heard showing that she's not really a good actress. And I just, just saw using Madonna. Her normal voice. I just saw Madonna. So <laughs> it was like the I, fake I Madonna love... accent. <laughs> but yeah, to your point, I love that scene where she actually uses her power, like someone you know that can you know, control liquids would use it. Yeah. And at first, it's funny when you see it. At first, it's just you know clear liquid coming out, and then you see the blood coming out of him, and that's when he you know kind of yep. throws her to the ground. Oh yeah. Um, then we get the whole, you know, saving the star labs people I have here, uh, Barry in the stairwell, like cheering people on to go was like a bad video game. You know, when you're trying to go somewhere and like (laughs) the, the NPC, like, uh, companion characters are like, get moving. You can do it. Let's go. And it's like, man, somebody just put a high speed bullet through his brain. Um, I think adding to this more to the sewer fight made sense, but there was way more that they should that should have hit the cutting room floor uh, for the rest of the movie. Again, just things that could have been cut um, because things like this actually made more sense and had them working together. And, you know, um, Ben Affleck had a Thor line later on in the movie where he's like, well, he's never fought us before. Well, he beat not us. In the united. Then not us united where Thor's like, well, he he's never beaten me before. Well, he's never he beaten has. me before again. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it's like, so, yeah. One of my, actually, for me, one of my favorite scenes is, you know, first of all, I love this fight scene. I, yeah. 
I love how they work together mm-hmm. uh, and, and when they got separated. And I just love everything about this, this, you know, the scene in the sewers and I'm glad it was extended. But one of my favorite scenes for probably my favorite scene for Barry is when he saves the people from the falling debris. Yeah. And you see how exa- you see it from their point of view. Mm-hmm. So how he's moving and just knocking all these debris out of the way. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a cool we, scene. It was much better than yeah. the first time around because the first time around had too much of the Nightcrawler. Um, yes, know, yeah. There was that. So, you know. And, they, and yeah, it I'm also sorry. made sense this time around when Cyborg took over the Nightcrawler because it kind of short-circuited. Well, here. he also, like, jumped into the bottom of it, got in it, yeah. fixed it, flipped it over. Like, you know, yes. that made way more sense. Um, but, yeah, so then they do what they do. Um, the next scene we get is Lois with Martian Manhunter. I mean, Martha Kent. Um, this scene was really strange. Martian Manhunter would should have one hundred percent joined the fight. Um, when Lois goes back to Smallville with Clark, why wouldn't she thank Martha for helping her get out of her pity party? Uh, I felt like this was a gigantic, just like multiple plot holes that were introduced into the story. So, before I get to that, uh, one of my things I like about you know this section of the right before that mm-hmm. scene we were talking about oh, is. Yeah when they get the mother box yeah. and they're talking about it and, and they're, ex- I love the explanation of how they're talking about, you know, how this mother box can make, you know, if a house, you know, a, a house on fire turns to smoke particles, that mother box can, you know, turn the smoke back into yeah. a house, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then, then I love, this is one of those, those moments I really love Ezra Miller's where Barry's like, you know, we're all thinking it, but I'm not going to say it. And right before he says that, you hear the musical cue of Superman's theme song. Yeah. And I think that, like, some of these, and this was the one of the few things where it was up and down with the musical cues. Almost every musical cue that had lyrics was bad. Yes. But when they used the character's theme songs, like, or... Um, they did it in such a lot of times they did it in such a good way. And this was one of those examples. And then of course, you know, um, cyborg shows, you know, does a hologram Superman. Mm-hmm. Love that. To your point about Martian Manhunter, I thought that was a, that was more of like a great Easter egg surprise, like WTF. That's awesome. So, but yeah. from a story standpoint, it, I, I mean, look, one, Okay, fine. Martian Manhunter still doesn't want to join the fight. Right. I think he should have. He probably would have. However, I can still I can argue that for a reason why he wouldn't want to join. Although, if you think, you know, I don't know how. If he, I don't know if he knew the, you know, the exact, you know, the stakes that were there. I think he but, did. I think. I, yeah, I have, that's the one thing. I, yeah. I, I, I have thoughts I, on I, him that I'll, I'll share sure. later. Um, okay. I will say but, I thought the initial CG when he changed was bad. Um. I also think the general from the Man of Steel was never actually meant to be Martian Martian Manhunter. This was a fan theory that people had. Um, oh, and really? This is a fan that. theory made true, just like the Snyder Cut. So, so this is like a very meta Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, him being the general, I'm fine with. Because, again, yeah. John Jones in, you know, in Supergirl is the general. Like, you know, well, he's he the was a of, cop. Um, you know, I mean, he was a yeah. cop in Denver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He so. was a cop in, in, you know, in, in Smallville. Yeah, well, so, no, I'm saying like that, I mean he's always been like law enforcement of some a, a kind. law enforcement. Yes, yeah. so except so, for when he retires and becomes an old Chinese man, so in Justice League Unlimited, <laughs> I was about to say okay, that's interesting. But to your point, like, yeah, I, I don't think that's something that Lois would not mention when she sees Martha. 
Like, oh, yeah. I, I like, never hey, thank said you. That. I never said thank you for getting me out of my pity party. Uh, what are you talking about, you crazy bitch? <laughs> Give me back my ring. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. In, in that regard, yeah, that was a little. It was just like I don't know. Need, like it was I, just, I just kind of a, the marsh. I, I I loved it as an Easter egg, mm-hmm. but we you know what they could have also could have done if they would have just if they wanted him in this movie they could have just had him at the end scene or something like where that. they had or him whatever at the end of the yeah. movie. So so again, this was one of those where I I didn't think this was really necessary. Nope. Um, yes, it does. It's. It, it was necessary in the sense for to get Lois out of where she was, but I think they could have done another. They could have done something else for well, that. They could have, like again, like taking out the the horrible "you're the thirstiest woman he's ever met" line of dialogue. Like it could have been the meeting at the Daily Planet, where she's in a funk mm-hmm. and she's not like writing anything. She's just bothering everybody. Um, yeah, you know. So there's that. But um, so then they they decide they're gonna save him and and use the mother box and the flash is gonna use lightning um this scene was almost exactly the same except um when vic plugged into the kryptonian ship he got a vision of the future of the nightmare future and um the coolest visual was superman holding lois's burnt skeleton like amperu yes. style and then dark side coming up behind him like giving him a consoling, you know, shoulder, like Joe Biden-esque, like sniff. Yeah. It was, it was almost like when, uh, it it was, it almost reminded me of when, you know, Thanos stabbed Tony and Mm -hmm. he just puts a hand on his head. Like, you know, uh, you know, you you did a good job, kid. Night. You, Hey, nice try slugger. (laughs) And I, and, and in that scene where cyborg, he says, no, yeah, because he, like that that it, that was just such an overwhelmingly terrifying moment. Yeah, and then Barry goes, and then Barry's like, <laughs> Barry doesn't listen to go, anybody. <laughs> go. <laughs> so, and again, um, this is one of those instances of where I thought the slow motion was too slow motiony. Yeah, is where he, honestly he, that scene is much cooler if he just runs super fast and touches it and everything happens. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, when the cube goes flying, shouldn't one of him them try to track it down? I mean, Batman was just hiding should... in the shadows. Why didn't he go get the mother box? Yeah, although, <laughs> like, and and it was funny because in the original version, what you get is a boom tube opening yeah. in the ship, right? And then everybody's like, "Oh, he's gotten the mother box." Right? They're like, the "Oh, okay, he's, just, he, he's got it now." Yeah, because uh, it landed yeah. on that so, car. It wasn't right. Silas stealing it. Um, I do have one question with the fight, um, between the heroes that went down exactly, uh, except for the "Do you bleed?" Um, oh god, or and the jokes Batman yeah. threw out. Oh, I'm, and I'm I'm jossing, I'm jossing everywhere, I'm jossing all over my pants. Um, yeah. Anyway, how did Wonder Woman know his name was Kal-El? Did I miss something? Did that happen in Man of Steel? No, I think it might have happened in. Did the lasso uh, tell her that as like a reciprocal thing? It might have. I it, that could have been, but w- I don't know enough. I I don't remember enough about Batman v Superman. It's been so long since well, I've seen or it. Or in uh, Man I don't of know. Steel, did Lois write that? Like as like he's Kal El, the last son of Krypton, in his like. Oh, when she wrote her story. Yeah. I don't know. So honestly. because she's like, your name is Kal El. You're the last son of Krypton. Yeah. So, 
but I, 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 and again, the the way the rope works sometimes, I'm, yeah, I'm not exactly hundred percent sure how 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 much she can get from that in the sense of the truth versus yeah someone having to say it or whatnot. But yeah, there were a couple of different like angles for scenes, mm-hmm. and there was a, the addition like <laughs> cyborg trying to keep Cali at, Cal at yeah. bay yeah. and then his little baby arms yeah. trying to punch him in the face. Those were kind of creepy. Hilarious. Well, cause they came <laughs> back against Steppenwolf too. They were really ineffective. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I still love that Superman stops, uh, the one trick pony and her X beam. Um, when she smashes the gauntlets together, Batman 100% should have worn his Brown pants that day. Um, yeah. and then I have with bats and Lolo calling him Clark, they kind of blew up his secret identity. Yeah. Uh, and, and then finally, Silas Stone's death added a much needed, much needed stakes and motivation to this movie. Yeah. So a couple things. The one of the things I had a problem with with Wonder Woman is they they made her they had her use her bangles way too often. I mean, I know they're powerful and everything, but I guess it's just the effect of how she does it. Where it's her go to move. Of, like, yeah, she she did it. She did it five times in in this movie. She did yeah, it more and, than once an hour. Yeah, and I and that that was one of the things that I highlighted where it was just like you know less is more and all that stuff. Bruce's gauntlets they actually come in handy, and I love Alfred's or no Alfred said that like I think it was like in the fight in the sewers where like they work. Right. Um, Lois basically saves the Justice League mm-hmm. because she came for a last time, but she calls and him I Clark actually, in front of all these yeah. police officers. Yeah, the cops and yeah. the which again and the bystanders. Guys. Why are there bystanders? Why didn't the cops set up a perimeter? You know. Oh, also, why are you still pointing a gun at Superman? Well, why are you shooting Superman? Like that. Yeah. That's my question. You know, bullets don't work. Why are you shooting them? Yeah. Are you firing kryptonite so, bullets? No, because kryptonite does not exist other than that little bit that Lex had. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, and so I think Silas, it was synthetic. Yeah, so. so Silas, you know, basically. You know, giving his life up for that man. Yeah. That was, that was such a touching moment because, again, when we first meet Silas and Victor, Victor is so angry at his father. Right. And we there didn't are a couple, get that like, in the first movie. We did not get yeah. like he wasn't that angry at him where he wouldn't even yeah. look at him, or at least if he was, it wasn't obvious. Yeah. And then we get slow, lo- slow, you know, methodical steps towards maybe um, a resolution with them because he says, "I didn't think you would come for me." And then, you know, in the sewers and Vic said, of course, you're my father. Right. Even though, you right. know, he does it. Yeah, he he says it almost matter of factly. And then when they get into the Kryptonian ship, they they, you know, they exchange a mutual nod when, you know, Silas kind of covers for them. But he never gets to, you know, gets to make total true amends for his, with his father. Right. And so watching his father sacrifice himself mm-hmm. like that was I mean, that was gut wrenching. Yeah. And. I love, and he, then he goes, Captain America, let's go find this son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I thought I thought that was great. Um, then we're on the Kent farm again. Um, well, um, yeah, so we're on the Kent farm again. In the original theatrical cut, it was too long. In the Snyder cut, it was still too long. Um, yeah. It, it just, it like, it was too much. Um, then we have the Batcave scene, the Batcave scene again. This was much better this time around because Vic is actually like trying to figure out how to make the the fox or whatever it's called fly. Um, and then, uh, you know, the snack hole is eating and Aquaman's like, I never said I didn't care. Um, 
Yeah, I love you know? that part. That was yeah. that was that was a really good scene. That was actually the only scene I liked Ezra Ezra Bridger Ezra, Ezra Miller in the whole movie. Um, <laughs> Ezra I, I always love Ezra Bridger. Um, <laughs> then uh, we get Soups walking through his ship. Um, we have a great my two dads scene with uh, the voiceover of Jorel and who's always awesome as Russell Russell Crowe as Jorel is always awesome and Kevin Costner as Jonathan Kent who's still a monster. Um, <laughs> I, I I like the um like what what what's your loadout gonna be with the costumes, like how he's walking yeah. down and it's like it's very it's very much like share in um in Clueless with the closet, you know, where it's the, the automated closet that picks what she's gonna wear for the day, um like and it, finally the perfect one comes out and then we get him going up and charging up in the sun, and like yes. finally this is Superman. That was my thought. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I can't wait to get to this is the whole, this is Superman part, but like, yeah, I love that Aquaman scene. And again, I think this is one of those subtle moments where, you know, Zack Snyder is not necessarily the most subtle, uh, but subtlety is a foreign language to him. Yeah. But again, when Aquaman says, you know, we're asking this kid to do, cause again, he's a cyborg or not Silas or not Silas. Victor is still a kid he's 20 years old maybe right. and he's saying dude he just lost his father this mm-hmm. isn't fair and that, yeah, I and love he lost his mom Barry's... in within yeah. the last year uh, but, uh, yeah as well and so then, he's lost both his parents in a year and, i mean and he he's lost a lot of his humanity at least in the physical sense yeah and again i think this plays later on at the end of the movie where aquaman or where arthur's like you know at the very end he was like you know i think i'm gonna go see my father yeah and i love that because because none of the other characters can yeah that's true i mean barry can but it's through a glass partition yeah yeah and yeah and and that's what zeus um, is zeus is long gone for wonder woman uh thomas wayne is the reason bruce is batman and jonathan you know died a martyr yeah and self-made so yeah i monstrous martyr yeah and, and i think that's one of those that's one of those moments where a character is 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 kind of coming around towards even though he still ends up having kind of like to be pushed in aquaman to become the hero for mm-hmm. atlantis right at least he does he he's not no longer you know moving from place to place you know he's going to see his father and so I love that moment in there um, about Superman. I, I, I love that you're lying the loadout screen. It's kind of like, okay, which, what's your loadout? Right. But one of the things I told my brother um, when I, you know, I like sent him, I told him uh, how much I liked this movie. And I, was, I said, Superman was actually Superman yeah. in this movie. So like the and we, fight with Steppenwolf, you were 100%. Yes. yes. And we, we actually get to see how, badass he is where he just he just kept hitting steppenwolf he's like well first of all the the whole uh, not impressed right i was kind of hoping he would say it in gsp's um accent oh god (laughs) (laughs) so um no like in in the way he just kind of was like and like just kind of the little breath because in the justice league he gave it like the full like Sorry, guys, I didn't yeah. mean to blow into your ears. 
But uh, this is the ASMR section of the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but no, that was great. And and then he broke it like super easy. And I loved how he was going between the ground and pound and the heat vision. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just like, like, stay you're, down. You are a sick dude. I love it. Um, like, he's like, I've been dead. I got some things to work out. Uh, anyway, but and, when he cut his horn off. Yeah. With this heat vision. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. That was, yeah, that, you know what this scene reminded me of was in the, I can't remember what cartoon it was, but when Superman fights dark side and the justice league unlimited. And, um, yeah. And he's like, you know, I'll, I'll always have to hold back. Well, hold on, hold on. So the whole thing is like dark side is coming to take over the planet and he's created all he's put all these like essentially fusion bombs around the planet that will create the fire pits of apocalypse on Earth. And the Justice League and the Do- Le- Le- Legion of Doom, words are hard, uh, team up. And it comes down to Batman, Lex and Superman fighting Darkseid. Um, Lex takes off. Batman actually is the first person ever to avoid the Omega Beam in that you yeah. know, universe. And then Darkseid is kicking the crap out of Superman. And then uh, Batman makes like a last stand and uh, Darkseid said, only human. And then Superman stands up and like just punches him through the wall of the basement of the Daily Planet. And as he's coming out doing the thing that I would love to do to just fly with your feet just off the ground, he uh, he (laughs) says, he says, you know, I live in a world made of cardboard. I have to always be careful not to go too far to hurt something or someone. But you you can take it, can't you, big man? What we have here is a rare opportunity for me to show you how powerful I really am. In which he proceeds, feet still never touching the ground, to fly forward, punch him in a downward haymaker to the point where he goes flying through four buildings, like maybe 20 city blocks. And then Superman super speeds in front of him and double axe handle down into the ground. Like... You know, it, it's a badass scene. It is. It is. Yeah, great. that I love that scene. And and that, that is. I love it. I actually have that audio just as a clip because, like, it is. It, it, I love it. It's like if I'm ever feeling like really down about myself, um, there's two things I'll do. I'll watch the movie Chef, or um, because if oh, you, great movie. If you're creative at all, watch Chef. And if you ever yes. are having a moment where like you are struggling with creativity, watch Chef. Um, and then the other thing is if you're ever just feeling down, like, you know, there are things in the world that you have no control over, but, like, we all have power. And not superpowers, but we all have power. And and it is just a great reminder that, like, what you do in life makes waves and ripples, and, like, you can affect people in a very positive way um, or negative way, but try to affect people in a positive way. Um, but you're absolutely right. The, like the way, like, um, in the justice league, Steppenwolf got the best of Superman several times, which I thought was stupid in this time. Like we get the OP Superman that we should get. Um, and I loved it. Yeah. The redemption of Superman say- in this movie is, is, is the only, is the thing that saves this for me from giving it yeah. a much lower score. So, also, I must say, I liked how the Justice League themselves, when they're fighting Steppenwolf, mm-hmm. actually don't don't get the f- mop the floor mopped up with them. No, as they, they did hold their the, own. They hold their own. Yeah, 
yeah, they can't beat him, but th- at least they're giving him giving him good licks. In the first, in the other one, it it was like without Superman, they're done. What, right. which again, yeah. and one of the things I like from a if it that this was a um, so I'm separating this in t- two different ways. Okay, because I know this. Uh, okay, I assume this is Zack Snyder's last hurrah in the DCEU. I'm okay with this, but if this wasn't, I would have had an issue with. And that is how, how and again, we're, when I said earlier, the Flash was the hero of this movie because he, you know, he uses his, you know, super speed to, you know, go back in time after the mother boxes merge into the unity mm-hmm. and start the explosion. Right. It. I think this this was only okay because for well. Now, if they would have done the way it was done, so I'm not going to go with the ifs and maybes. With the way it played out here, I'm fine with it just because I'm thinking this is Zack Snyder's last hurrah. But I would have, if this was a part of, you know, because it was supposed to be, I think, Justice League 1, 2, and 3. If this was part one of Justice League trilogy, I would have had a major problem if they would have ended it or if they would have already used Flash going Mm. back in time. Right to reverse something even though i like you know again so i'm i'm looking at it in two different ways i like it for what it is in this movie but if this was what Zack snyder wanted to go i thought i would i think it would have been a big mistake to use that in the first movie like this okay so in 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 response to this exact same thing i have dozens of other actors could have pulled off the flash better than ezra miller his self pet talk Mm -hmm. Was so cartoony and cringy. I almost no, I didn't. I'm, I wasn't a fan. Yeah. Oh, and fuck time travel. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, then my next note is: Well, Steppenwolf finally got ahead. <laughs> so. Dude, that was a brutal death. Dude, yeah. I mean, like uh, he was gloating, and Arthur got him with the with the fork, and then uh, Soups punched him through the hole. And uh, Wonder Woman finished the job. And just think about just knowing about like physics, right? She cut his mm-hmm. head off and both of those things, his head separated from his body. Um, one thing with much more mass than the other kept flying through. That's how much of a perfect sharp blade she has. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, to to uh, to quote Fortune Fire, it will kill. <laughs> so. I, I, I didn't like how Barry was talking to the self, like you said, the self-talk itself. I, yeah. I I didn't mind what he was saying. I had a problem with him actually saying it like yeah. out loud. Yeah. It would have been better. And again, this sounds like a trope because uh, movies use this a lot. But it and it, it would have been similar to Superman when, again, that scene where he's Jorel and Jonathan or, mm-hmm. you know, they're going back and forth. I love that. That gave me chills when I saw that. Just it was great. by listening to what they're doing. It. it was great. Yeah. A scene like that works better if the person is hearing, you know, whoever that person is that said that to them in their heads instead of saying it out loud themselves. So that took a little bit away from me for me in that in that in that regard, in that scene itself, where it could have been so much more powerful. Mm -hmm. It just came off as like, eh, Eh, you're a wiener. Didn't quite work for me. So go back to the Teen Titans wally west wait no bart allen 
Yeah. And then, so. and again, again, going back like a pot or an apocalypse, I keep saying that dark side, you know, and it, well, the sods, like I told you, I told you it was going to fail. So, so here's the thing. I feel like the dark side, like dark side should have been in there watching Steppenwolf's head land. Most of his head and his body land on the ground. Um, I, I feel like though, because there probably aren't going to be any more of these, um, Oh, holy crap. Uh, hold on. So, because uh, there are only going to be any more of these, uh, they should have cut that out with Darkseid and Desaad and Granny Goodness and all of the uh, all of the, the uh, Terra Demons. Um, hey, real quick, this has nothing to do with basketball. Oral Roberts becomes the second 15 seed ever to go to the Sweet 16 after beating number seven Florida. So... Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> um... <laughs> dude anyway um so yeah i don't know i just feel like they they should not have included that if there's not going to be any more of these now if they want to continue this without Zack snyder great find a really good like actiony uh storyteller uh james wan yes. i think might be a good candidate for this honestly if you give her a writer patty jenkins can direct this just she needs someone else writing it um george lucas yes. style um you know, I mean, George Lucas can come up with a story, but like have someone write the teleplay and then someone direct. Uh, I think right. Patty needs someone who can come up with a story, someone to write the teleplay, and then she can direct because I think that's where her strength lies. Um, but yeah, I, I like you know if they're not going to do that, they they shouldn't have left it in. Um, and then as they were all like getting on top of the nuclear smoke stack. Um, Super lift, lifting Batman up like a dad pulling a kid out of a pool made me laugh. <laughs> that that you know, watching it the second time, that I did, I did chuckle at that. Like everybody else is just like, "Dude, where you been?" And um, then Batman oh, just like one thing. There was a scene when they were uh, fighting their way through downtown, you know, East uh, Radiation Russia, where. Uh, the, the Batmobile is jumping, Wonder Woman's jumping, Flash is in there, Cyborg is flying, and, and Aquaman is jumping, and it was like a freeze freeze frame. Um, that also made me throw up in my mouth, just like it did in Avengers Age of Ultron when they did the same thing, and just like the A4 scene in Endgame. Yes, that when so. I saw that scene, I immediately thought Age of Ultron. I took a picture of it and sent it to you. I was like, this is crap. Yeah, I when you said it, I knew what you were talking about. Like I knew exactly what you were talking about. Where you were like, "There's this scene." I was like, "I know what he's talking about" because yep. I thought the same thing. Yeah, and you know, uh, there was some great action in there in that scene. Mm -hmm. You know, there's still some issues with the coloring, but it, it, it I liked it better than Joss's version. Yeah, with, with the coloring, it, it just it seemed for me it flowed better. Well, Joss but had then, that weird pink sky yeah it, it was and and again yeah. it was oversaturated um yeah i hate the terra demons or parademons not terra demons the parademons i hate them in both versions i think they look stupid mm -hmm. um they they look too human you know like the mix of like they're kind of like Brundlefly <laughs> um from the fly uh with, with the jeff the jeff uh goldblum version but mm -hmm. yeah it's just like i don't know I will say so. So this ends right with them standing tall, um, and I would have been okay if it just ended right there. Yes. So we get we get two two parts of an epilogue. Uh, the first part is Joe Morton's voiceover, which was really cool, 
and, you know, kind of seeing where everybody's going, um, you know, uh, Vic is, is doing his thing. He puts the tape analog tape recorder magically back together and the tape, literal tape with magnetic tape, um, in there back together magically. Um, so what else, what else I was going to ask you, I was like, is he like, um, uh, techno kinetic or whatever? in that regard i guess i mean i don't i don't ever remember that being one of his powers um but it would actually also not infallible in my teen Mm -hmm. titans knowledge so you know i was gonna say it would have made more well one it would have been made more more much more sense if it was an mp3 like you said but it would have made more sense if he would have gotten the information off of the magnetic tape yeah i still think it should like who like okay here's the thing though a scientist like Silas is not going to use a magnetic tape player because he's going no, to No, he's not. He's going to constantly be recording and putting things on tape and he's going to have to carry a bag of those micro cassettes around. Yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you, I have like 50 of those things in my in my steamer trunk from my journalist days. Um of those little tapes, I have 3 of those tape players cuz they constantly broke. Um before I found a brand that I liked and I kept one in my office, I kept one with me at all times and I kept one in my bag. Um you know, so there's that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought it was cool. Uh, the Martian Manhunter. Oh, wait, no, that didn't happen yet. Um, it should have just, everything should have just ended when soups started to strip down and we saw the black and silver Raiders Superman color scheme. Yes. I so. And again, I love the, again, we're talking about Joe Morton here. Yep. I, I love his voiceover and how we see the team, you know, kind of doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And I would have been fine with it ending mm-hmm. there when Superman, you know, is in the alley and then pulls, you know, pull, pulls open his uh, shirt. Yes. Instead, we get, you know, well, we one, we get the a different uh, post credit with. Well, the same post credit with Lex Luthor and Deathstroke, but yeah. with a different outcome. Right. And that would, and that would, I'm, I'm assuming that was going to be the thing if they were going to do a bat flick. Yeah, I think um, so. Batman. Because it made sense mm-hmm. where he's like, Batman's name is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. That would have made sense. That would have been perfect for, okay, so Deathstroke's going to be the main antagonist in that movie. Yeah. Instead of saying, hey, now there's something to celebrate, you know what Deathstroke should have said to him? He should have said, snitches get stitches and cut his head off. (laughs) That would have been awesome, actually. And then we get what a scene that even the first time I saw it, I liked it, but I was like, why is this in here? Are you talking about the nightmare scene? Yes. Okay, so I call that epilogue two. And I my yes. note my note literally says, "Cool concept, but barf." Um, it, it yeah. Just... So Jared Leto is still not a very good Joker. Um, he was way better this time than in Suicide Squad. Yes, I. And again, I like the concept. Uh, I just it it didn't need to be there. It it was, you know, it's putting. Sp- sprinkles on a cake that's already sugary enough and but what was and again i think this was again to go to back to what you said to me a couple days ago 
this was the self-indulgent part of Zack Snyder because even he said he, he it would have been a shame if he didn't get a chance to direct a scene with Batman and Joker together. And this was his way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And it so. just, again, it's one of those things that just wasn't necessary in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, and then you get uh, Martian Manhunter uh, uh, showing up to, to, you know, talk to Bruce after he's woken up from his nightmare. And I have a, uh, I have snap. <laughs> you're gonna like this. Zack Snyder's Martian Manhunter and Tim Riggins have a lot in common, and it's not stealing a cripple's girl. <laughs> so they are both cowards. <laughs> so yeah, it's and again, if you were gonna have Martian Manhunter in this movie, I would have been fine having him in this scene alone versus the right. whole. I'm gonna play like I'm Martha Kent, then I'm actually the general. So I don't mind him being here, but again, this is one of those things that it was more, I would say, I would absolutely say, I know a lot of this movie, the fact that this movie got made is fan service in the best possible way. Yeah. Uh, but this is an example of fan service or overly doing Easter eggs that aren't yeah. quite necessary. Right. Yes. It's, it's really, it was really cool to see Marsha Manhunter. Yeah. Manhunter. I won't lie. Well, and it was called but, Unite the Seven. That's what all those posters said. Like, yeah. So, and apparently he shot a Green Lantern scene, yes. um, which we learned from the Geeks and Gamers stuff that we talked about um, in the episode this week. Um, that he shot a scene with a Green Lantern, and he was told if you put this in the movie, we're not putting it out. So he didn't. So maybe that'll come out as like a like part of like the DVD or something if they ever put that out. Um, yeah. So and then the movie again ended on such a low note with the music. Um, so it started with a really beautiful piano version of Hallelujah, which is apparently Zack Snyder's favorite song because it's in every movie he's ever made except for 300, I feel like. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's in Sucker Punch. I don't remember Sucker Punch. Uh, I've tried to erase that from my brain pan. Um, but then we get to the vocals of this version of Hallelujah. And I, so I have in credits. Piano version of Hallelujah equals beautiful. Vocal versions of Hallelujah equals brown note. <laughs> like seriously, like the the uh, what was her name? I had it pulled up and I just lost it. Um, there we go. Uh, so Allison Crow. Um, while at point she's a Canadian singer, so that explains it. She's Canadian. Um, you know. Apparently, she performed this song at his daughter's uh, stepdaughter's funeral, which, you know, is the reason he didn't get to finish because she uh, she she killed herself. But um, this was this is not a good version. And like everything else in this movie, it's overly long. Um, I don't know how much you know about the song. Hallelujah. Like the history of it and, and how Leonard Cohen has approached the song over the years. Um but there, no, no, no. there are like close to 20 actual verses to the song. And whenever a different songwriter takes it, um, they typically stick with the first two verses and then they will pick and choose from the rest of the available verses to make a radio playable version of the song. 
uh, I felt like this had like all twenty verses because <laughs> it, it went on forever, and and she did the the vibrato or whatever thing, um, as I call it warbling, on every word. So I will have to say that I did not even pay attention yeah. to that. It, I think I was in such a high after the movie. I don't yeah. even know if I. I think I actually kind of turned it off right away. I think that I take that back. I had to turn it off because I actually had to. You know, I started watching this at 4 a.m. the first time. Be, only be not purposefully, but purposefully, but because I couldn't sleep. So I actually had to get to work. So after yeah. this, you know, that was done at around 8:30. So I once the you know once the credits started rolling, I just turned it off. So I didn't actually hear that i and then the second time i watched it same thing i didn't pay attention to this so that this part did not affect me like it was did you but it sounds again we've talked about this one of the things we do agree on is the musical choices in this movie left a lot to be desired um they they took away from scenes that and now granted some of the scenes that they were in honestly we did not need those scenes but for whatever those scenes were trying, it took away because they were so they did not flow. They did not uh, you know, mesh with what was going on. Yeah. On screen. Yeah. Yep. You're right. So. All right. Now comes the time out of severed partial Steppenwolf heads. <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Good. We're we're going tens. Yeah, now. we're going like we're that. going ten. Um. Now I will say I gave Justice League a seven, um, <laughs> which I really so regret. Re- like I kind of so, want I kind of want to delete that episode because like yeah. looking at looking at Justice League, uh, the Justice League, I would probably I probably should have given it. even listening to my review I I was overly kind to it. I should have given it closer to a five um i was about to ask what was your retcon score (laughs) so um like four and a half to five uh so for me out of severed partial steppenwolf heads i would say i would give this um like a six and a half um I, I kind of put this on par with like Deadpool two, which I okay. enjoyed parts of, but I didn't really like. If that makes sense. No, th- no, that's fair. That's so, fair. Um, uh-huh. I I will say I loved everything Superman, and I'm really sad that everything good with Superman was in the last fifty three minutes of the movie. Um, if I ever watch it again, because I've watched it twice now, you're welcome, people. Uh, I will probably just skip to the Superman parts. So for me, and I like how you say partial severed. <laughs> well, he's missing a horn. I know. Right? <laughs> so for me, I I would have given Justice League probably a four, the original. Okay. And this one, and again, I I told everyone who before this came out. This is, I had no doubt this was going to be a better movie. No, there was like no, no doubt. However, I still was cautious about what we were going to get. And I must say, I was incredibly surprised how much I like this movie. I will give this an 8.5 out 
8.2. I don't want to go 8.5, so I'm going to go 8.25 out of 10. Okay. And this is one of those movies I will – I'm going to watch the hell out of this movie. Um, I probably won't watch it for a while, you know, because after this I'm going to finish finish it up again. And because it's a four-hour movie, <laughs> I might every now and then just, hey, let me watch part one of this. Then let me watch part two of this, or, or you know, because yeah. four hours is a lot. That's yeah. a lot of movie, you know, and again – I would have liked this a lot better, not liked it a lot better, but it would have been easier to watch over again if they cut out 30, 40 minutes of it. If this was closer to the two hour and 45 to three hour and 20 minute range. Yes. This would like, uh, like I can tell I'm not going to go through it now because we're coming up on two hours for this overly bloated self-indulgent podcast. Um, <laughs> but Hey, we're, we're going with the source material here. Um, but I, I like, you know, I, there, there's, there's a solid hour that I could go through and, and like pick what I would cut out to get down to three Oh two. Yeah. There, 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 like one and, after my, and first that's viewing, not saying I'm just going to cut the flash out. Cause I hate him, but like in this yeah. movie, which is sad. Cause I love the flash. He's one of my favorite yeah. characters. No, I, I, I will say, like, when I first finished watching it, my thought was, as much as I loved it, I was like, they probably could have cut out, and I, without me kind of thinking of the scenes themselves, I said, they probably could have cut out 30 minutes of this movie, mm-hmm. and it would have been a tighter movie. So, I absolutely can see where you could say, hey, I could, we could cut, cut out this, and, and I'd say half of those, at least half of those, maybe even more, I would agree with. Yeah. Um, so... But again, I I was I'm extremely surprised how much I like this movie. Yeah. And again, I had to watch it a second time because I was like, okay, is this just the adrenaline from watching it the first time that I wa- liked it so much, or do I actually really like it this much? Yeah. So, and and I thought you know the first time you know again that's like scenes like when you think about Infinity War and Endgame, it's the same thing. It's like I know this was good. I know I liked it, but did I like it as much as I really thought I did? And I did. I yeah. I love this movie. Um, so yeah, I will be watching it again and again. Cool. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, I think the kid she'll probably watch it at some point. Um, you know, it's rated R. Uh, it's rated R because they say the F word like three times, and I think yes. that's about it. Maybe because Steppenwolf gets beheaded. Um, yeah. but yeah. Oh, and. To to your point, the saddest thing about it is where it looks like we probably won't get Henry Cavill as Superman again. No, but we might get him as Captain Britain, which means we might get an Excalibur, which which means we might get an Excalibur movie, which would make me happy. But we need mutants before that can happen. So yes, that would be awesome. Anyway, all right, I've come to where we want you, Henry. <laughs> yeah. no, Warner's doesn't no, know what no, they're no. doing. Just keep making Witcher movie, Witcher's TV yeah, show. That too. Don't that do too. don't that do too. eight episode Witcher seasons. Do ten episode Witcher seasons, and do one season every eight months. <laughs> we'll be good to go. Yeah. Um, yes, we're not so. asking for much here, Henry. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Daryl. Daryl likes his ovaries exploding, dude. We we need more Henry Cavill. Um, do yeah. you have a, a Anna that Star Wars girl? Uh, Esque latex super simp Henry Cavill outfit that you like to put on? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't. Do you, I do, do have a? Do you have a heart tattoo with HC on it? No, I do have a Geralt of a new Geralt of Rivia McFarlane toys uh, figure that came in a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, those are cool. Pretty awesome. No, at least the pictures yeah. were so. 
Uh, I got the new Damian Wayne one, and I love it. Yeah, that one looks nice. It's, it's I, I legitimately have... the best McFarlane toy. I actually have the Damien right next to the Cyborg, uh, the Teen Titans cartoon version of Cyborg. So yeah, I I was debating on getting that because to your like when I actually looked at it, I said that looks like one of the best figures I've seen. Like yeah, not my... in, having it in hand, but just looking at it. Yeah, my Batman Beyond will be here soon, so that's exciting too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. On that note. Thank you all for listening again to our self-indulgent now almost two hours on the nose podcast uh, review of the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League. Um, <laughs> the uh, Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League. The sack, not Zack, sack. He's Zack Snyder again. Um, you know, he didn't have to do a lot to like really get this right, and he did too much and got it wrong. I would say that to wipe the taste out of our mouths from the 2017 version, he just had to go with most of what he did, his vision. And he did that. He got that right. And he didn't do – I think it could have been better uh, because there was some self-indulgence there. Mm -hmm. But overall, I think he did a fantastic job of wiping from my eyes and my mind (laughs) – what we got in 2017 so i wonder if um like the ultimate cut of uh bvs if this will be the only version on youtube or on um on hbo max the ultimate i didn't know that the ultimate cut was the only version on there yeah it's the only one on there Mm. now so all right we're over two hours bye See ya. <laughs> no, actually, I thank you guys for listening. Um, let us know what you thought of the Snyder Cut if you're listening at this point. If you are listening at this point, email me at Brian at Infamous Podcast and I'll send you something cool. All right. That's it. Later. Bye. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from MeMichaelHenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.